there's so much hesitation in, in the market, right? Everyone was expecting like the market to fall out. When is the other shoe going to drop? So that major hesitation and think about it. Think about the personality of who rents in the Hamptons. Super type A. No one wants to lose. No one wants to be a loser and, and on the desk and say, oh yeah, I overpaid. I did this. I did that. It's a lot of like ego driven. So I think next year, it won't be such an anxious market. Good morning, and this is Deconstruct, a podcast by The Real Deal. I'm Isabella Farr. And I'm Susanna Cavanaugh. So before we start today, a little programming housekeeping. We're going to be ending our season next week to take a summer break, but we're rounding it out with a big one. We'll be sitting down with Scott Reckler, the CEO of New York-based RxR Realty. And then we will be back for our third season on August 28th. And today's episode is a great way to ease into the summer. Right. We chatted with two brokers about the Hamptons, New York City's go-to resort market. We're talking sales, rentals, trends, whether people just want the summer escape or if people are still following the pandemic trend of perching down in the Hamptons permanently. But first, let's get into the news of last week. So it seems like we've been writing about scandal after scandal lately. Yeah. Are you thinking of Nate Paul in Texas? I was actually thinking of Patrick Carroll, the developer in Miami. Ah, the other one. So you just proved my point. But let's go over Nate Paul first. What's the latest there? Right. So for background, Paul is a prominent developer in Austin. He's the CEO of World Class Holdings. He was arrested by the FBI earlier this month and charged with eight felony counts of making false statements to mortgage lenders and credit unions. And those lenders and unions were ones that were working with his business. Yeah, but there's more. TRD Austin reporter Joe Lovinger found the month that his home and office were raided by the FBI, Paul transferred more than $11.5 million out of his primary corporate entity, World Class Capital Group. And those funds were distributed to a variety of subsidiary LLCs, corporate insiders, family members. Court documents allege he's created an empire of 278 shell companies over the last few years, at the same time that creditors have tried to collect on his debts in more than two dozen bankruptcy cases. Yeah, that's a lot of accounting to keep track of. And I'm sure that there's more to come out there. I mean, don't forget, he's also involved in the impeachment of Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. Um, Paul is named in at least seven of the 20 charges against Paxton. Paul's troubles at this point might be worthy of its own podcast, and we can talk to Joe about it. Yeah, definitely. He's always happy to come on. Okay, so on to Carol. What's new there? So Patrick Carroll is the founder of Atlanta-based real estate investment firm Carroll Organization. It owns $7.4 billion worth of multifamily properties across the U.S., and in April, South Florida reporter Francisco Alvarado reported that he allegedly spat in the face of a manager at a trendy restaurant in Miami's Wynwood neighborhood. Yeah, I remember that. There was a video, too. Yeah. Well, now court documents show that Carol has been banned from all restaurants owned by New York-based major food group and New York restaurateur Simon Kim. At Carbone, one of Major Food Group's restaurants, he allegedly called a service manager a racist slur and was asked to leave for allegedly harassing a waiter and being overly intoxicated. Oh, my God. Okay, well, that's terrible. Um, this also all comes as Carol is looking to sell his business. And Isabella, do you want to go over the political scandal that came out of L.A. last week? Yeah, so this is the latest corruption scandal to hit L.A. City Hall in recent years. L.A. City Councilman... 
Karen Price was charged last week with 10 counts of grand theft by embezzlement, three counts of perjury, and two counts of conflict of interest. And most of the charges relate to real estate. He allegedly failed to disclose that his wife's consulting firm was paid more than $160,000 by developers before he was scheduled to vote on matters related to their projects. Do we have the developers involved? Yeah. Thomas Safran and Associates, it's a Brentwood-based multifamily and development firm headed up by Thomas Safran, is named along with two less-known developers, that's GTM Holdings and Works. All three made payments to Price's wife's consulting firm between 2019 and 2021. And in late 2019, Price voted to authorize nearly $4.7 million in city funding for a Saffron and Associates housing project. In 2021, he voted to donate city property to the same project. Price has denied the charges. A spokesperson for the council member said, quote, he looks forward to defending himself once he has had an opportunity to address these charges. And like you said, this is one of many corruption scandals that have emerged from L.A. City Hall over the last few years, right? Yeah. So since 2018, the FBI has been looking into development-related corruption, and it has already resulted in two former city council members, Mitch Englander and Jose Huizar, pleading guilty to accepting millions of dollars in bribes. Okay. So buttoning up the scandal portion, I wanted to talk about Surfside. There are new plans for the Surfside Collapse site, right? Yes. So the Dubai-based developer that bought the Surfside Collapse site last summer has submitted plans to build a luxury condo building on the property, and that would be designed by Zaha Hadid Architects. The firm that bought the site, that's Damak Properties, is planning to build a 12-story building with 57 units. And remind me how much Damak paid for the site? Yeah, it paid $120 million for the one8 acre site last year, about a year after the Champlain Tower South condo building collapsed overnight and killed 98 people. Family members of the victims, they're still pushing for a memorial on the site of the collapse, so we'll see if that happens. And then we should also mention that on Thursday, the New York Times broke the news that federal investigators released early findings on what contributed to the tower's collapse, they found that the pool deck had severe strength deficiencies and that the design had failed to meet building codes. Yeah, I'm, you know, we'll obviously be following for when they come out with their final conclusion. Absolutely. And I think we can go back up to New York for one final piece of news before we end up in the Hamptons. A new tax break for office landlords in Manhattan went live last week. The program is supposed to incentivize landlords of commercial buildings south of 59th Street to make renovations. Can you detail what the incentives are? Yeah, so there are a few. First, a property tax abatement for up to 25 years. And then there's a reduced mortgage recording tax and a waiver on city and state sales taxes on purchases of materials and other equipment that's related to construction. But owners have to get in applications by August 1st, so it's a very tight deadline here to apply for the full tax break. That's actually incredibly tight. They just passed it, and then you have two months. Okay. I know. I think it's supposed to incentivize people to work quickly. It's like get on it. Yes. And I think it's also worth noting that this tax break comes as New York State failed to pass an incentive for office to residential conversions. So 
there's a little bit of a mismatch there where the city is saying, okay, let's sort of ramp up these buildings that aren't class A, maybe people will come back, but there's really nothing to turn older properties into residential, which is a much more needed use. Right. And that comes as we saw the multifamily development tax break die too. Yeah, right. And it nearly survived, but the governor couldn't get on board with a measure to extend the deadline to complete construction on those 421A projects, which we know offers a really hefty tax break. You don't have to pay for like 35 years. And as as we've discussed, an extension would have ensured these developments slated for construction could actually get finished and produce more housing. Anticlimactic to say the least. But let's get into our topic for today, the Hamptons market. So as we slide into vacation season, we're looking at how sales and rentals are faring in the Hamptons first post-pandemic summer, if, if we can say that. What do you think? Tentatively, I think yes. Okay, knock on wood. So as a refresher, the pandemic gifted the Hamptons with one of the hottest real estate markets it has ever seen. Demand soared, particularly in the summers of 2020 and 2021. Generally across the country, people wanted out of the city, but obviously we couldn't fly anywhere. So vacation towns within driving distance really boomed. Yeah. And that surge in demand, it took a toll on for sale inventory in the Hamptons. Yeah. I'm going to bring in Dana Trotter, who's actually launching a Hamptons office later this summer with her brokerage, the agency, and Tyler Whitman. He's a broker on Million Dollar Listing, too. She's been in the Hamptons market for 27 years. Through COVID, uh, you know, any listing that had been on the market got scooped up. So really, it, it's the COVID purchase that just wiped the whole market clean of our inventory because we, you know, we typically would have thousands of listings. And I mean, even myself over the my career, I generally have 10 to 15 listings. And right now I have five. So, you know, that's just indicative of the market. And a lot of us that are top producers out here are in the same boat. So inventory got decimated. There's still not a ton available. And we know prices went crazy during the pandemic. But what's going on at this point? Absolutely. We are back to sort of our normal, um, you know, selling cycle and pace and volume and all of that. You know, we're, we're not seeing as many trades. We're seeing, you know, prices coming down a little bit. I mean, our market really doesn't plummet, but we are seeing price corrections, um, especially in the high end. So if we look at the numbers, only 171 homes sold in the Hamptons in the first quarter, less than half of what sold in the first three months of 2022. That's according to our favorite data wonk, the appraiser Jonathan Miller. And sales have slipped even as the number of listings has increased. Prices have dropped, too. They're down nearly 3 percent to a median of $1.3 million. And that's across the board, like all different types of homes? Not quite. The bottom line is if it's priced properly and it's a compelling property, we're still seeing multiple offers in every price point, especially the under $5 million market. You know, the luxury high-end properties that are lofty, lofty prices are still sitting a little bit, but there are buyers out there for special properties. Is the sense that that pullback in demand is a facet of rising rates or recession fears? I think it's both of those things, rates to a degree, certainly. A lot of people are locked into mortgages at 2 or 3%, so therefore it's making them less likely to trade because they couldn't trade into a similar situation. Yeah, I read this headline a couple of days ago that said, 
like the most coveted thing was that 2%, (laughs) that 2% loan that no one wants to give up. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if we'll ever, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we ever see that again, because I just think that got a little unreasonably low. I mean, we all sort of were thrilled by it. But and then coming off COVID, you know, obviously things slowed down from sort of last summer where people started to be able to travel again. And there's been a lot of the interest rates then went up and there's been a lot of stock market volatility, geopolitical um, tensions, war. I mean, there's been so many things over the last six, eight months that have given buyers some real pause, you know, when we don't know what what the future is going to hold, everybody sort of just holds. And that's also affecting the rental market. Because now all of a sudden we have an onslaught of rental listings. A lot of these people that bought during COVID not only took themselves out of the market as tenants, but now they want to rent their house for a month or two while they travel. And so there's so much more rental inventory. So the rental market has become kind of flooded as well. Let's dig into that a bit more. In some respects, the way the Hamptons rental market is operating is sort of a novelty compared to what's playing out in New York City and markets across the country. Can you explain that a little further? Yeah. Would-be buyers got priced out of the for-sale market, so they stayed renters. And that's led to a standoff in both markets. Rental demand is still strong, so rents continue to break records in New York. And higher rates are deterring sales by those homeowners who locked in the mortgages around 2 to 3%. So they're staying in their homes as well. Got it. And in the Hamptons, rents have dropped, right? And that's a factor of demand. Yeah. And it's striking coming off what brokers saw during the pandemic. Here is Cindy Schultz. She's one of Compass's founding agents, and she's a partner on their Hudson advisory team. In the past two years, not talking about this summer, but the past two years, people had a default to renting because they could not find something to buy, even something like decent to buy. And they really wanted to with those rates in place. So that's like what we're seeing in the rest of the country. Right. It's the pandemic story. When COVID hit, 2020, people paid crazy prices out of necessity. They were literally scared. Fear is like just a crazy emotion. And that really, really drove drove prices. But that's not the case now. Now we're easing back into reality. I think it's safe to say we're out of our COVID world. People have weddings again. Travel to Europe is a lot easier. I think the macro economy, people paying post-tax dollars, $75,000 to $100,000 a month plus utilities, is a lot of money. And renters in that price point are being a little bit more particular The area that got hurt, I think, the most is where you have the most inventory. So about 50% of all of the sales take place in East Hampton North, the Springs and Northwest Woods. And there's a ton of transactions there. A lot of those homes tend to look the same, and that inventory is really struggling. In the same vein as sales, the stellar properties are still getting booked. The really choice homes designer homes, beautifully furnished, walk to the ocean, views of the ocean, all of those got done for us. I mean, these are leases that are 500000 to a $1 million. We did those in January of this year. But as a whole, there's a glut of supply. What Dana mentioned about buyers renting homes adds to that. And too many listings mean lower prices. CNBC reported the market has seen price cuts as high as 20%. 
There are also reports that younger generations aren't as drawn to the Hamptons as they used to be. The New York Times had that story. Right. In the story, they mentioned that iconic Sex in the City episode where Carrie and the gang, they end up in a huge house share with a bunch of 20-somethings. My 25-year-old assistant, Nina Grabowski, has a summer share in Bridgehampton with 18 other girls. They have to sleep in shifts. Cindy said it's not that Gen Z hates the Hamptons, though. It's just that they found other options during the pandemic that are a bit more affordable. More people want to leave the city on weekends. So Gen Zers are going upstate New York. And upstate New York has become like extremely popular. You know, it's easier to get to. It's more affordable. There's there's more inventory up there. But I think actually that's just more of a product of COVID, of people being used to escaping the concrete jungle on weekends. But the Times piece mentioned that regulations on rentals have been another deterrent for younger generations. Yeah. So Southampton is a lot stricter than East Hampton. And your house needs to be up to code in order to get a rental permit. If you do not have a rental permit number, your renters could actually be entitled to get the full rental amount back should someone find out that you are not. Yeah. So it is a major, major thing out there. You know, it's not always easy to bring a house up up to code. And then because Airbnb and Stay Marquee got, got so popular, sometimes neighbors will complain. There's too many cars. It's too loud. So you are seeing an uptick in people saying, hey, we, we really want to have like respectful neighbors. We only have like 60 to 90 days out here and we want to enjoy our time. So if rental prices are headed south and would-be renters are looking for more affordable summer stays in other parts of the state, what could turn the rental market around? Yeah, it's funny. All roads lead to macroeconomics right now. Cindy said we need the economy to turn around. There's so much hesitation in in the market, right? Everyone was expecting like the market to fall out. When is the other shoe going to drop? So that major hesitation, and think about it. Think about the personality of who rents in the Hamptons. Super type A, no one wants to lose. No one wants to be a loser and and on the desk and say, oh yeah, I overpaid. I did this, I did that. It's a lot of like ego driven. So I think next year, it won't be such an anxious market. And we'll go back to people traditionally renting in the winter, securing their summer rentals. And like less anxiety in the market, I think will will help prices. I love when psychology plays into real estate like that. So I like that point. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty much all, all we do, right? We just kind of play therapist all day. Deconstruct airs every Monday on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Or you can listen at therealdeal.com. For comments on this episode or on the series, feel free to reach me or Susanna at podcasts at therealdeal.com. Next week, for our last episode of the season, we're talking to Scott Reckler. He's the CEO of RxR Realty. Tune in then.